By the power of Grey Skull, welcome to the Agents of Shield radio show by Fantastic Geek. We've got like all the grindage for your ears when it comes to Marvel comics, movies, and TV shows. My name is Matt, and joining me is a righteous dude. The sportos, the motorheads, geeks, empowered ladies, bloods, wastoids, dweebies, jerkheads, they all adore him. It's Pete. Party on, hot dogger. You really are a square, aren't you? The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 710, Stolen, is brought to you by Inhuman Power Stealing Device. You still get to keep those baby blues. Pete, the calendar has turned to August, the final month of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ahead. Next week, the final one hour of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It all coming too soon, but uh, here we are nonetheless. Hashtag AOS fam working through it together i i remember it dawning on me wednesday night as we're preparing to watch and sending you a text message matt that we're two weeks from the two-hour finale it just doesn't seem possible is this real life are we in the framework i don't know outside in the real world in the world of shield us watching shield it's all it's all very very suspect uh copy of reality i think well, Matt, in that time, we are planning behind the scenes our uh, series finale spectacular, and uh, we will have firm plans for you next week on how to potentially participate in that the evening of Wednesday, August 12th for that two hour series finale. I, I can say it. It still doesn't set in. When we catch you up on what went down, music blares in the Shield Speakeasy safe house as a young man takes aim with a dart and scores a bullseye. Nathaniel Malik asks him if he's up for a challenge. A good challenge makes life worth living. Philosophy's pretty rare in a Shield hangout. He doesn't want to lose all his dough playing darts with S.H.I.E.L.D.'s hottest recruit, you know, with the top test scores, being an ace pilot and all. But Malik, he needs a pilot on his team. And he knows a lot about this young man and his eventual sad breakup with S.H.I.E.L.D. seven years from now after his guts are hanging out and an extract is refused from the Balkans. Now, Pete, I know this young man has not been named yet in our recap, but I just want to point out black clad, slick haired chap. Ooh, hair and wardrobe are telling me he's no good. Uh, he laughs off this idea of going over to the other side, the Hydra. That's when he gets his beer blasted out of his hands. That's a neat trick. No, not a trick. A superpower. Would you like a superpower? He'll take one under the name of John Garrett. <gasps> he's returned. Uh, we get a pretty funky title card. Uh, makes up for some of the, the a, less... A repeat title card. Uh, Pete, the funkiness shines through, though, nonetheless. Uh, the story takes us to the lighthouse, where Mac and company are back there talking to Agent Glass. She's happy to be a proper S.H.I.E.L.D. recruit. Maybe one day they'll all meet up at the Triskelion. Wait, She's wait, so... wait. She wasn't actually in S.H.I.E.L.D.? Turns out Deke did not have that authority, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I want to highlight so the et cetera, et cetera. Deke did something without authorization. 
repeat its things like that, which is why Deke as a character does not have a larger fan following. Uh, there is some discussion amongst our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Triskelion. It shouldn't have been built yet. Everything is ahead of schedule, and Coulson confirms that the time streams are all out of whack. We head to another room there in the lighthouse. Simmons, Daisy, Sousa entering. He's super impressed with the new 1983 technology. For Simmons, it clearly is a letdown. Uh, Sousa, though, he's a bit confused and happy to take Daisy's bag. Wink, wink. Try out the leg. Wink, wink. He walks away, and uh, Simmons is happy to see that chivalry isn't dead. There's discussion here about the electronicron displacement mechanism having stabilized the technobabble, which Daisy understood. Obviously, Sousa did not before he left. Simmons needs someone named Fitz's brain now. Yes, Pete, that is a character that used to appear in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, she can't remember the past, especially now that the implant is back. Daisy tells Simmons uh, that the latter was devastated uh, and inconsolable when she remembered uh, the secret. That is what she remembered. Uh, of course, we don't know exactly what the secret is yet, um, but they are called to the control room. Control? Where... <laughs> That's Star Trek, Pete. This is the control room. Um, countdown is stuck on zero. Uh, I saw some people were making some cool uh, iPad background ipad wallpapers whatnot based on that so the countdown being stuck on zero though that's a good thing it gives them time to stop malik it's time to bring jaying to the base even though they're not going to reveal her connections to powers or shield or to her daughter daisy that's right none of those things shall be revealed in tonight's episode <laughs> um and with this after talking about minimizing what they tell her May begins to mention a woman, and then Gordon teleports Jiaying in because he, Malik, is hunting them. We go to Afterlife in the story uh, where Malik is giving the tour to Kid Garrett. Pete, we got Kid Malik, Kid Garrett. Watch out for those second generationers, I guess. Dr. Grady is going to show the boys how the future unfolds. Garrett's going to get a chance to meet Sybil. He's going to see the story of his life. Prepare yourself. Most people don't like the ending. With that, Garrett dials on in. And, Pete, you might think that we'd get a scene where Garrett is with Sybil. Maybe a montage uh, featuring the older Garrett. But uh, no time or money for that. We instead go back to the lighthouse, where Jaying blames S.H.I.E.L.D. for ruining everything. But they stress the need for action now. Yes, and the plan to take inhuman gifts from Jiaying's followers here. Yo-Yo talks about going in and getting out without having been seen, um, but that's not going to happen. Then they move to Coulson because uh, he's recyclable. Uh, Gordon's going to take him in. Mac okays this plan. Jiaying wants to go too. She has to get Cora back. Um, but May warns that might provoke them. Gordon agrees they can't risk it, so Jiaying is going to stay back there to have them bring back her daughter as her daughter, Daisy, looks at the camera to end the act. Yowza! 
Daisy and May have a side chat. Surprise, Daisy has a sister. And further surprise, in the original timeline, Korra took her life, which propelled Jaying to leave and start the path that resulted in Daisy. So, you know, Pete, can you say in this Marvel show, it's kind of like a crisis of infinite realities, infinite Earths, if you will. <laughs> uh, the story cuts to afterlife. Lee's fluids are being drained into a new man. Uh, Malik stiltily says he is like Robin Hood. Um, maybe not the best acted scene we've ever had. Yes, Durant here was just a simple mercenary, you know, trying to earn a living before S.H.I.E.L.D. shot him down. <gasps> and they saved him from a crashing plane. And now he has the ability to summon knives. As for Lee, it's time for him to be put out of his misery. Cora roasts his head. Uh, we, of course, don't see most of the head roasting because though it's 10 p.m., it still is ABC. Garrett looking on rather garishly. He wants a power like that. Uh, we see the plane, the shield plane en route to afterlife. Awesome Gordon's... aerial shot high, high up there. So far, it's 20 minutes till they get to afterlife. I mean, the effect's always good. Gordon calm ahead of the necessary fight. But that, Pete, take us back to Deke. He's got his headphones on. He's listening to some 80s music. Can't quite make it out. Simmons scares him. Uh, he's taking a look at the time drive again. Being stuck in the 80s would not be his worst case scenario. Maybe a hint for how things end up. Uh, but he knows that everybody else wants to get home. Um that uh, they talk about Fitz here again, whoever that is or was, I'm not quite sure. Um, but uh, when it looked like the end for Simmons and Fitz before uh, it was Deke, then it was Enoch who saved them. Enoch now having sacrificed himself for them all. But Deke's got to figure out why this thing is not communicating with this Fitz person anymore. Simmons says that maybe it never was. Well, Pete, she floats that, but then kind of adds some definition to it. Maybe the drive was just following a program and got damaged. Maybe it wasn't getting constant updates from Fitz. Uh, maybe where Fitz is is too painful to remember. Maybe he's out there. Maybe he isn't. But Pete, take us back to the plane. So the Quinjet lands here. Mac says that they're going to find the location of the prisoners and jump back. If they're not back in half an hour, he's coming in. Gordon is going to take Coulson to a place that is normally empty. What do they hug? No. Gordon just grabs him and they go. Coulson feels all tingly. It's not unpleasant. And Gordon gets shot from behind. Malik was waiting uh, they take Gordon to be prepped. Uh, Cora looks on here. Malik knew that they would be coming to that very spot. Well, 94% chance. That's because, big reveal, end of Act 2, he has the time stream. I like that there is that connecting of story pieces there insofar as when Gordon got shot... I thought it was a cheap story move, you know, like they're there and they're immediately caught. Boo. But the 
story using what it has in terms of there being this this time technology here to a address why that happened within the story and then you know in terms of it being something to propel you towards an act break it was really really uh, effective after the act break colson gives the good guy pitch to malik and durant sybil just wants to take over the planet still malik is rejecting hydra and his father's thinking goodbye to everything say hello to anarchy yeah, I hear that's tempting to some people, Matt. But in the room, it's our good buddy Garrett who sees his good buddy Colson. He is strapped in, Garrett is, to Gordon. But Colson doesn't recognize young Garrett, though he knew a young Garrett. Um, he's seen a sneak peek of his future of his death he gets vaporized by a space laser digging up the greatest hits colson comes to the realization of he's seen colson die garrett has his favorite when he got stabbed with a big stick by some long-haired creepo that was funny had they said anything more who knows what kevin feige might have done but a fun uh, a fun callback nonetheless Garrett gets the uh, transfusion. We go back to the lighthouse where Daisy does a walk and talk with Sousa. What is this? The West Wing? Uh, he's going to like the 21st century, although fascism is back. He seems stunned. The thing he helped wipe out 10 years ago. Yep. So certainly some social commentary there on the show's part. Uh, they recap Jai Ying's past and future. Uh, which is also her future and her past. Uh, then Sousa suggests that Daisy just talk with mom. The timeline is screwed as it is. Take a chance while you can. Sousa remembers wanting to talk to people, and he didn't get the chance. Agent Carter, let's go talk to mom. One last stolen moment, perhaps. He'll be the chaperone. Uh, so we cut back to Yo-Yo here, unable to contact Colson. She wants to go in, but no, Max says it should be him. If they caught Gordon, what could happen to her? Stand by for the signal. Colson, meanwhile, uh, Malik's still monologuing here. Uh, Colson says that this is not anarchy, but evil. Cora says that justice is not always pretty. And uh, Garrett has second thoughts, given that Gordon doesn't have eyes. He's worried about what's going to happen to him. Uh, which is a fun moment. Uh, he, he, Garrett, is getting squirrely in the restraints. Then he transports. There's even a word for it. Teleport. Are you ready for liftoff? Because he is to end the act. Act four begins with Jai Ying pacing and Dusa enter Matt, the discussion of whether or not it's a mistake to trust them. Uh, but afterlife is important to Daisy too. She's been there. She's not an outsider. Show her Daisy. Uh, and uh, she does. It takes a while to do it. We see some vibrations. She reveals after being pushed by Susa. He's trying to push the conversation forward. Uh, but Daisy says she learned it from Jai Ying in 30 years. It's the truth. Also the truth, in my opinion, this scene filled with unnecessary <laughs> pauses in dialogue. I really genuinely think that this episode ran a little short. 
And this was the scene that had to make up for it by having a slightly longer version of this scene. Um, to me, it, to me, it was obvious as a negative. I know some people might've been JT Atkins. Uh, some people saw me tweet about that and said, no, they're, they're pausing because it's high stakes. It's emotional. Um, so I, if, if that's your perspective, dear listener, uh, I, I will concede uh, your opinion versus my opinion. But to, to me, it was just something slightly off about this scene. Regardless, Jaying puts it all together. Nathaniel taking powers, knowing about the future. Uh, Daisy also is able to reflect on talking to her mom, reflecting on her mom coming up short. But now Jaying is trying to do the right thing, even though it can come out wrong. Yes, touching her arm there. Uh, meanwhile, Garrett has nailed it. Well, more like the third time's the charm. Jumping into a shield location because there's a shield crate in the background. It's the lighthouse. Uh, Garrett finds a Deke Squad t-shirt. He saw them open for Twisted Sister. Uh, Matt, a real band that probably some of the viewers of this episode don't recognize at least it's kind of 80s authentic um our baddies garrett and malik split up uh back to afterlife in the inhuman red room you know the one from which powers cannot uh blast through and whatnot colson you know the robot guy with lots of power is ready to punch down the door, but Gordon, for some strange reason, insists on transporting them out, even though presumably Coulson can just punch the door down, and all Gordon needs to do to not die is to just let Coulson punch the door down. Story baloney. Uh, back to the White House, Garrett meets May, and he recognizes her from the future. Uh, she uh, swipes at him, he jumps away, then back. He says he's planning a road trip, he needs a babe to join him, but no, no, not her. Uh, she's going to fight him. Uh, he remembers he can jump, and she does. May alerts Daisy. They're, they're going to hide, but Malik finds her quickly to end the act. Act 5 begins with Coulson, found by Mac. There's Inhumans held in a room down that way. Yo-yo, yo-yos in. Um, and then with the lighthouse here, we have um, the discussion that Garrett is there. We'll explain later. Uh, Yo-Yo does her thing again. The, uh, the guy, Durant, who got the powers before, he throws a knife. Yo-Yo grabs it, pushes it into his leg, and Mac finishes the combination with a punch. They're safe. Um, and for the record, Mac digs the upgrade. Back to the lighthouse we go. Malik doesn't think that he and Daisy are going to have a power off, the base being underwater and all. Um, at least Jaying has one daughter, though, Daisy. Malik catches up with Jaying. Daisy blasts him. Uh, he gives it a B, maybe B plus, then hits her with a, a corkscrew blast. Um, he then goes in for the kill, but Jaying sucks his life force, and he apparently... Uh, breaks her neck, apparently killing her, which makes Daisy mad, Pete. Having had the powers longer than Daisy, uh, you know, the, the math not apparent at the time, but more mastery, more power there. Um, meanwhile, as she is, Daisy, checking out her mother's body, 
Uh, May says that Malik does not appear to be there for Jia Ying. Who is she after then? Um, we have Simmons and Susa in a hallway. Garrett jumps in, abducts Simmons from him. Aye. Uh, back to Afterlife, Coulson walks in on Cora. Coulson says that she's all alone. She's okay with that. She monologues about meeting her sister, and Coulson ices her. Uh, May updates the Quinjet. We see hostages ready to go home. Pete, they apparently rescued, like, four hostages? I thought there was more in the room no, there. No, there, but... there were quite a few on the, on the plane. Okay, fair enough. Uh, everyone is tense. Daisy is crying. May is updated. Simmons has been taken. On Zephyr 1, Malik, uh, Garrett, and Simmons are all shown. They're taking off, all while Deke is listening to his rock and roll music on his Walkman. Uh, he's finally contacted by May, who tells him Zephyr 1 has been hijacked. Great effect shot again of it taking off. The tag scene here, the exterior of Zephyr 1. Uh, we've had Garrett have a really unusual day, get superpowers, not a spaceship. Can I get a best day ever, Matt? The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. Matt, let's begin with John Garrett, played by the son of the late, great Bill Paxton, James. I think the best of all from this episode is having James Paxton here playing uh, the obviously the the Bill Paxton character. Um, uh, if if maybe one of those father son pair was a better actor, so be it. Uh, now not the time to maybe focus on that, uh, Bill Paxton. Uh, great to have the 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 son here though. I mean the nostalgia of it really warms the heart. I know that there were some people concerned, like, it's canonical that Garrett didn't join S.H.I.E.L.D. until, you know, 1991 or something like that. As mentioned before, the timeline has been accelerated. Everything's, you know, askew. And we know that Garrett went bad. We have fond memories of Bill Paxton, but we know that Garrett went bad. So, of course, you can turn him bad earlier. Of, cur of course, you can say well he wasn't really with hydra for hydra he was with hydra because he was self-centered and greedy and doing his own thing to me the character it was a joy to have him even if there were some imperfections and obviously written for the son to play uh his father's character so really heartwarming at that um you know hard to imagine matt it, it's been you know I think three or four years since he passed away and it's been even longer since the character was on the show. Next on the list of baddies is Nathaniel Malik, uh, who, you know, week after week, he's a, a source of irritation, which is a compliment to the actor uh, because we don't like Malik. Um, I, I do like that Malik has zeroed in on, you know, kind of reject the reject the patriarchy, reject your shield system, reject your Hydra system, reject your afterlife system. His thing is, do what you want, man. It's all anarchy. That does make sense to me. Um, I, I don't know that you can have an organized system of anarchy, uh, as Malik is perhaps proposing, but uh, he's got three episodes to figure that out. If only he could say anarchy more. However, 
the Robin Hood ideal here, this misguided notion that we're going to steal inhuman powers from the entitled who have them and give them to the people who don't. All right. I can get behind that thematically as a, as a bad guy idea. Next on the list, Dr. Grady. I have to admit, I was a little surprised that he was named so prominently, um, given that it seemed to be a smaller role, but well, fine. that's because it's a reference, Matt. Uh, Pete, what is the reference? It, it, it must have gone over my head. So Dr. Grady is a, is a Marvel character that spent time around Hank Pym, who we know was involved in the creation of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, then fair enough. If it's a deep cut, then then bravo to the show. Um, here, you know, functioning as guy that makes technology happen, um, it, there being the deeper cut to it, I like Dr. Grady even a little bit more. With Cora and this ruse, I suspect greatly at the end of the episode to join S.H.I.E.L.D. We're heading, obviously, towards a showdown with Daisy. Yeah, and the, the notion of the two sisters um, who, neither of which in the original timeline got the mother's affection the way they would have hoped, and how that's different here, and how resetting the timeline might might impact things, uh, I, I suspect that's all where we're headed with Korra. And in the interim, certainly, you know, as a, as a bloodthirsty head burner, she's effective if, uh, at that too. And then we have Durant, who uh, gets some knives and then gets to hold a gun and then gets stabbed in the leg. Sorry, Durant, there wasn't enough room for you to be a fully fleshed bad guy this time. But I guess uh, in the multiverse, uh, hope remains eternal. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, this Fitz character, where is he? I mean, it is increasingly suggested from the from the the sadness in last episode to their exploration of that sadness in this episode. It is suggested that he is dead. Um, will we get the character to return in some, or will we get the actor rather to return in some sort of flashback to explain it all? I mean, at this point, I would take the return of Ian DeCastaker in any fashion. I can't imagine that finale night occurring and us not having seen Fitz all season for whatever reason, because he's working on the mysterious other project. If, if, if something else swooped him away, if they just went a different direction story-wise, regardless, you know, at least bring him back. It's fine if you don't want to bring back in some sort of, you know, Avengers Endgame return scene if you're not going to bring back you know the good ward and mockingbird and lance and you know if you don't have the story ability or the scheduling or the money to bring them back so be it but how about the guy that we saw 11 episodes ago at the end of season six please yeah simmons has no memories of this and obviously the the story plot point of the implant of diana and everything there but yeah, it, it's really gotten worrisome, and you have to wonder. Again, I get it. Okay, there there may have been another project he was working on, but how that would have superseded the thing you know he's been working on for seven seasons, and is theoretically contracted had been contracted to. Um, 
like I said before, I think that we're going to get answers and explanation uh, after the fact. Uh, I, you know, obviously, we're going to do a season and series conclusion podcast in, in the days and weeks after we get the finale. I would expect in that time there's the one more sit down, you know, Tantrone and Whedon talk to Entertainment Weekly the non-weekly website that doesn't have doesn't publish anymore you know or hollywood reporter or whatever to really answer some of these things um probably won't get the exit interview from jeff Loeb, who uh about whom uh there have been accusations of of uh inappropriate racist comments we'll see where that story lands you know at a later point it seems to kind of have have stalled in terms of it having an impact or being true or there being investigation blah 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 but that's a separate issue. I, again, I just hope that we get something satisfying for the Fitz character and take things from there. Do so, even though the memories of what took place in the many iterations during the time storm uh, are gone, remains a thing. It seems a lot like we're headed for that coupling as a final situation i would hope so even if that runs contrary to the really juicy idea that susa becomes the cop in uh, avengers which you know if you're gonna use unused footage of him in avengers hmm, then he would have to die i guess you could have your cake and eat it too in terms of you know maybe he just exists there and they don't use the scene of him getting shot and he's able to you know to to go back to daisy after the battle of new york that kind of thing as i've said before you know we're we're all deeply invested in the character of daisy we're all invested in the character of susa you want to give them a happy ending i think that that is that that would be satisfying even as we are dissatisfied with the show coming to an end and we can't possibly be satisfied with every character getting the fate that we hope for they're really circling a happy ending here the triskelion came up. We have a character who's been connected in the comics with Hank Pym. Seems like we're headed toward that direction. We've seen in the uh, in the Ant Man uh, and the Wasp film, uh, Hank Pym and Peggy Carter at the triskelion. Matt, I gotta wonder. You know, we've got Zephyr One in the air now. Where are they heading? It, you know, I feel like it's interesting that the show is ending when it is, just in terms of those MCU connections, because the show was born out of the promise of hashtag it's all connected. And it's something that Jeff Loeb said time and time again, convention after convention. And here we are, you know, in the in the world where Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige oversee everything that is not Marvel Comics licensing at this point. I have to confess, Pete, the exact point when that uh, transfer of power took over, I don't remember when that was in relation to, what, the middle of last summer when these final episodes would have been filmed. But I feel like there's little hope for a big crossover moment like that. Now, could you still do it in editing or something like that? Absolutely. It seems muddy, but I know this. We're going to end with these characters that don't need necessarily the reuse of alternate takes of Michael Douglas and uh, you know playing young Hank, Hank Pym and things like that. The characters can stand up on their own. How did 
Coulson not recognize young John Garrett? Because, Pete, it is 10 years before Garrett joined S.H.I.E.L.D. in the original timeline, and though he might look somewhat similar to himself 10 years later, you know, maybe when Garrett joined old S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy, he had a, a scruffy beard and an earring and long hair or something like that. I mean, I buy it enough to say all these years later, you know, from when they would have met in the early 1990s and then now it's what 30 years later now it's garrett who's 10 years younger than when they first met 30 years ago i buy it enough i buy it enough for it to be excused in the one scene that it takes them to get reacquainted transmissions. let's check the wire Pete, we start with our Twitter poll. Uh, lower numbers this week. One, Game of Darts got 5.4%. Two, to transport, liftoff, 10.8%. Three, powered, guy, uh, powered baddies got 33%. And for Deke to be called upon, uh, a 52% uh, vote there. So the highest number in the majority, but certainly lower than it's been in the past. Some Twitter replies. Andre Yeager says... I need to be able to binge this season. They have the best cliffhangers. Where is Fitz? Um, we have a tweet from uh, Bike BRH uh, who says, I'm usually a reliable defender of AOS, but this was weak sauce. Jaying's death from a broken neck makes no sense, and Paxton's kid was screechy and annoying. Entertainment Weekly was dead on to a great extent on their write up. Uh, Brian S., that's Brian O-E-N-O on Twitter, says, I really loved that episode. It felt like a culmination of all the seasons, strong emotional moments, solid action, and the real emergence of a scary villain in Nathaniel makes this an easy four. Like the Bill Paxton impersonation, too. Uh, tweet from JT Atkins, that's at JTA is me, who says, let me uh, be the first to say awesome. Uh, we heard from Stuff Happens, K-C-L-Y-L-E-1 on Twitter. Yep, they've done it again. Another stellar episode. But this, let's talk about Fitz. But not seeing him is getting frustrating. I'm assuming there's a reason and I'm trusting it. If they let me down, I won't watch next season. Oh, wait. Uh, also, <laughs> from Stuff Happens, love Daisy's rise up moment. Every hero deserves one. I would have liked to uh, to have seen her go after him, but it worked out, I guess. Can't wait for next week. David Siller, uh, Siller David Poet, says, Tonight's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a slow fuse that blew up in those last few minutes. A week is too long to wait for the fallout from this episode. Uh, and lastly, from JC, that's at JC the Mythic, uh, he says, hashtag Decard. I bet he loses his shoes and crawls in vents uh, <laughs> that in anticipation of, you know, Deke being called upon for next week. It's die hard on Zephyr one. We'll have to see. And Pete, as we were recording uh, a tweet from a uh, who says, Hey, fantastic geek is agents of shield having a two hour finale on the 12th. Pete, as we understand it, the answer is yes. It, definitively. They are we're, we've been told next week is the last one hour episode. Pete, what do you have there on Facebook? So uh, Victor Ni Thao Hing wrote in earlier in the week, Matt. Hi, guys. Thank you again for providing great after show banter and water cooler chat during these isolating times. 
enjoyed your speculations about Fitz and what real-life machinations might have caused his absence. I just hope we don't see him only in the last episode, only to have a Fitz X machina moment. Ooh, I hadn't considered the possibility that his return might come with kind of story hand waving. And now I'm a little I'm a little worried, but I I have faith, Pete, that though I as I said before, though I might not love where every character is going to end up, I just have a faith that the show is going to end on a note where you say, Yes, thank you, Agents of Shield, as opposed to wait, I'm upset at how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ended. Pete, let's check the email inbox. This, our weekly treat from 084, who says as follows, I'm so stressed out. You can't really go wrong with a well-prepared villain, and wow, is Nathaniel Malik prepared. He just oozes dislikability. Is that a word? And you can't wait for him to get his comeuppance. Just a little taste of him momentarily being hurt by Jai Ying was satisfying, and then watching him kill her, for it was brutal. And with James Paxton doing a pretty decent impression of his late dad and having so much fun doing it, we're left with two incredibly unlikable guys getting the best of our team in nearly every way. And that's honestly where I want to be two weeks before the two-part finale. I'll take my sunshine and rainbows later on. Give me the despair now. The rest of the episode impressed me, considering the masterpiece it had to follow. Daisy's first talk with Jaying gave me goosebumps knowing what was in their future. And hearing that future retold through the voice of an a-hole later on wasn't just exposition to me. It was a twist of that knife. Guys, I'm really excited to hopefully watch this guy die. That'll be all for me this week. I'll just be sitting here wondering why Coulson could instantly remember random bits of history from S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy, but not what John Garrett looked like when they were S.H.I.E.L.D. recruits. Uh, Echoing your concerns there, Pete. I'm pretty sure they were both trained together by Nick Fury. Uh, it'll take a little bit of time to headcanon my way around that. Until next time, Pete. Oh, wait. Robert T. Frost writes in, per the Macmillan Dictionary, phlebotanum, an impossible or imaginary device which is used to move forward the plot of a TV show, book, or film, especially in science fiction and fantasy. Ah, well, I guess that explains that then. And then one more from Facebook, Matt. Uh, Brooke Warzella writes back in. She had written in last week. Uh, but she says, uh, oh, the fractals. I hadn't heard the episode 106 this, uh, when I wrote uh, uh, the above. Yet I recognized my linguistic and topical doppelganger in the decoded transmissions found there. Why are the earliest AOS podcast not available on my Apple podcast. Why did I need to hunt them down on your website? No hablo ones and zeros. Well, Pete, the the short answer is there's a there's a limit to the feed that can be that that Apple podcasts read. It's kind of a ones and zeros kind of answer, but um it is involved with that whole kind of technical back end of stuff. Um, to, to the best of my ability, there's not, it's not a workaround if we're going to have just the one Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast feed. Um, but it, it kind of speaks, if nothing else, to the big, I don't know, the big um, 
the big operation, all the files that we've created and things of that sort in this seven season Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. journey. So we have 150 podcasts available on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, podcast by Fantastic Geek feed on Fantastic Geek. It's a good problem to have. The earliest available uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. episode is episode uh, 119, so season 119, uh, uh, the 19th episode. But, Matt, thankfully, we have the people of patreon.com slash fantasticgeek that make it possible that our entire podcast backlog lives on fantasticgeek.com. Yes, and we continue to be so honored to be listener-supported. Certainly when we started the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, we weren't, we, we didn't know that the show would go this long, that we would be podcasting it for so long, that so many other things would be going on in terms of the entire breadth of Marvel TV, the movies, so on and so forth, getting into Star Trek, which was not, not a glimmer in anyone's eye as far as I know, uh, back when S.H.I.E.L.D. started, and and to go on all these podcasting adventures. So to know that that is all up there, that that is all saved uh, on the website, that is made possible by the people who support us on patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. We are also on Stitcher, so there's a multitude of places where you can go and find our episodes if you're having you know, the trouble of uh, wanting to get earlier episodes and can't find them on Apple Podcasts. Pete, there are only two more Knights of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. How can people be in touch with you on Twitter to talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. while we enjoy what's left? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 11,369 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter, looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the one word with the PH like it today. Well, we will be back next Saturday for sure to talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Next Sunday, if you're listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we'll be talking about the first episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. So as the one show the sun sets the sun rises on the next one and that of course ahead of 23 straight weeks of star trek whether it's lower decks or discovery but certainly in the next two weeks our main focus on the mothership on agents of shield as uh, as we start to say goodbye to all these adventures for now though pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word cleared for takeoff bud 